On 1116, SEN, the four Diego's. Follow-up, Ross Fantastic equaliser for the Melbourne victory. And Bessart Berisha able to beat Liam Reddy up against the left-hand post. Amy Park celebrating. The white stripes ring around the arena. It's Melbourne victory one, Perth glory one. Geria to Berisha down in the corner. Aaron Williams right there with him. Berisha, good technique. Swings it into the box. Ben Kalfala scores the header and salutes the fans. It is a sensational assist from Berisha. One, two, three touches. Volleyed it into the penalty area, almost a hit and hope. And yet Ben Calvoir has delivered at the back post. Melbourne victory, break out of their defensive half. Ben Calvoir finds the run of Rojas. Left corner of the area. Rojas jinks onto his right foot. Rojas! Melbourne victory, a stinging counter-attack. And Marco Rojas makes it 3-1. A perfect start to the second half for the hosts. Troisi able to keep possession and now advancing. Troisi left footed. Drive! James Troisi! A pearler. And Melbourne victory looking safe. Sydney FC's wait for the Premier's plate will go on for another week. It's Melbourne victory four, Perth Glory one. Good evening and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. They were the voices of the SEN call team, the A-League SEN call team, Teo Palazzeri and Clint Bolton, uh, bringing you a big night. Rodrigo Rodriguez here with you tonight. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Good evening, Rodrigo. Hello, listeners. Yes, good to see you back in the chair, Warren. Yes, um, good to be here, Rodrigo. Actually, I'd like a minute of airtime in a second, too, to just (laughs) clarify a couple of things. There's been a few... (laughs) <laughs> Myths, untruths. All right, no, no, we'll get back to you on that. About, talking about your health, necessarily. Yeah, oh, yeah. about me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Carlos, welcome to you. Hello, Rodrigo. Hello there, Vinny Venezuela and Warren. It's good to see you here. And it's true about the cough test. You failed a cough test, <laughs> and you had a procedure fixing it all up. <laughs> no, it's not true. Already, a bit, a bit of tightening, bit of cosmetic yeah. enhancement. <laughs> I heard. Already getting uh, SMSs here about fake news. That other Diego's aren't fake news, but no. uh, we'll come back to you in a sec, Warren, because... Um, there needs to be clarification. All right, we'll get there, we'll get there. Hey, big night tonight for Melbourne Victory. They defeated Perth Glory emphatically tonight, it 4-1, was. as you heard on the uh, highlights then. Diego Castro scoring in the fifth minute tonight for Perth Glory after Melbourne Victory really dominated. And then Barisha, Kalfalar, Rojas and Troisi oh. scoring um, in a procession, really, for Melbourne Victory. At Amy Park tonight in front of 16,814 people, uh, it sounded a lot more than that, but uh, a really great win there by Melbourne Victory, who, uh, well, if they needed to, they've definitely consolidated uh, second spot. But, um, boys, this was an interesting game, wasn't it? But uh, before we get right into Warren's uh, little issue, it's uh, 7 past 10. Yeah. 
Yeah, we call it the final whistle, but really it's uh, Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diego's <laughs> because it's Saturday night, yep. we know you're up and about. You know, if you've just been to the football, you're probably going to a disco. Yeah. Or you're on, you know, you're getting ready, going to a disco. Well, uh, it- if you're back to back to, if there's such thing as back to the future, you're going to a disco. Right. Otherwise, well, you're going to you're going clubbing. Oh, you're going clubbing. Is that yeah. what, is you know that, what you're doing? You, you, you're taking your kids home, but once upon a time, you would have been going that's to a disco. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the reality. That's true. Or you're going to Moomba tonight, uh, Vinny. Of course. Actually, there was a few out and about. Yeah, it's yeah. a vibrant city. It's mm. a very mm. vibrant city, Melbourne. Yep. Hey, give us a call tonight on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear from you, Vinny. What is the hotline? Well, it's the Potent Prongs Hotline, <laughs> aka the Fab Four Hotline. Yep. Well, that's why. Face it. That's why I just rattled them off like yep. that without uh, Barisha, Kelfalar, mm. Rojas, Troezy. You know, that's a potent, yeah. they're potent prongs there, yeah. right there. So uh, give us a call, 94291116, or send us a text message on 0433981116. Tonight's show is brought to you by our great sponsors, Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Now, before we get right into it, yeah. Warren, have, have quickly have your say, mate. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I was completely unaware. I wasn't listening on Wednesday night because I was recovering. And I got a text message from an unknown Diego, an unnamed Diego last night, late, basically telling me that he may have gave the impression to our listeners that I'd actually had some surgery that was cosmetic in nature. So Cosmetic in nature. Yes, yes. Now, there's a couple of things. Yep. Number one, the procedure that I had wasn't cosmetic in any way. It was actually enforced upon me. It was something that... Wasn't it an enhancement? (laughs) I was going to ask was you, which it, half was it? Yeah. It was, was it? and the other thing is the impression that it was part of my lower body. Oh, I see. Is that, completely false as well. Yep. Yep. It was actually upper body. It, yes. In force. But you are you walk non-cosmetic in up and about really. No, cocky. no, I didn't. I'm you're, as you're flat as a cocky. tack. Actually, no, you walk in pretty cocky tonight. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm not. Well, right. the photos you sent me, Warren. <laughs> You know, yeah, look at look at around for all the SEN chickadees, but they're not here on a Saturday night. They're they're at home. Well, there are no photos like... that exist on any form of social media of me or anything to do with this procedure. <laughs> it was enforced. It wasn't cosmetic in nature. Yep, and it was to it was to a, a, an upper body part, not yep. a lower body part. So that's well, what I want cleared up. It was a sphere of sorts. No, it was. <laughs> it <but> was. <laughs> and well, Rodrigo, I'd you. like you to defend it's me on to see this, you, please. And good to see you looking. Yeah. Uh, so well, and uh, no, we're very, very happy. Of course, you yeah. Know, it was a and it's sh- good you, you turned up. Yeah, oh, Warren. Well, I wasn't going to arrest. Alistair's out there. Please don't be yeah. too tough on Warren tonight. Yeah. No, His no, team go hard. Because I've got a few things to say about okay, victory right. tonight. Okay, mm. can go I just hard. say there, there were brochures left in the green room before you left for the procedure, which <laughs> perhaps suggested that there was some some cosmetic uh, work yes. that was going to be done yep. downstairs. That's yep. all I'll say in my defence. Fair enough. Hey, let's get. Uh, so you're good now, Warren. It's good to hear. No, let's, no, I'm not. Let's I'm, get you're into lucky the game. I'm here. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. And uh, to two of the best callers tonight, mm. we're going to give you of course the, we are. the chance uh, <laughs> to win some prizes, of course, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's do. community and business. They've been very good to the show. Um, two callers, and we'll choose the callers. Um, we're going to give you the opportunity to come to lunch 
with the Diegos. Well, well some of us anyway. Yeah. I won't um, be there. And the luncheon uh, on March the 31st, with thanks to football, uh, that's the Community and Business Luncheon, yep. the very first one of the year. Archie Thompson's the featured guest. Uh, he'll be honoured by the FFV for his contribution to football in Victoria, so it'll be fantastic. It's at Sheldon Receptions uh, and Convention Centre, oh. and there's tickets still available. You know that. Yep, yep. Um, uh, all you need to do is go to communityandbusiness.com.au. You can speak to Anthony Grimmer from the FFV. So we'll give those to two of the best callers tonight. So just in a nutshell, boys, what about tonight's game? Uh, we'll start with you, Vinny. Can I just say it's one of the best games I've seen Victory play all year in terms of just that ball at feet, ball sticking at feet, quick swift counter-attacking football and just some lovely, lovely finishes. It was textbook beautiful football. Yeah, I, I agree with Vinny. I think uh, th- there was a game earlier in the season where everyone was saying how good they were. It was probably their best uh, game of the season. I think they may have lost that game too. But this one, uh, they really converted all their fantastic uh, play uh, into goals and some of the goals were just class. I think nearly all of them were just uh, classy goals. So, uh, And the, you know, the most important players, the guys who you need up and about, mm. uh, you know, your four is Barisha, Ben Kalfala, Rojas and Troisi. All of them got on the scoreboard tonight and they looked really, really confident. With the remaining four games or so to go, uh, it's really important that these guys go into the finals uh, with their mindset yeah, you know, cherry ripe, and they they're playing that way at the moment. So, so Warren, what do you think? You know, oh well, I actually think personally that Melbourne Victory owe um, Fayed Ben Kalfalar's daughter. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to need to give her at the end of the season because she might go without school friends next year. She well, certainly well, explain, won't be. Explain what you're talking well, about. Well, I mean, the simple fact of the matter is that three weeks ago, everyone knows that Victory got themselves into this situation where they weren't going to play Ben Kalfalar because of the fact that if they played him for one more game, they were going to automatically trigger a clause that had him coming back next year. Now, apparently, and I don't go to town hall meetings like you do, Carlos. And, and so by, I, by the way, he was dropped because of that. He was dropped because yeah. of that. And, 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 and I think, as Fade can do, he sucked a bit, and I don't think it helped the situation just very quietly. Mm. But apparently, and this is me not knowing because I don't go to town hall meetings, but this is rumour that uh, like his daughter told Dad to stay at Melbourne Victory after he won the Player of the Year, that his daughter had said to him, I want to see you play again, Dad, and that this triggered him going into the Melbourne Victory administrative building and basically saying, (laughs) forget the trigger clause. I'll I'll play for the rest of the season. You don't know. I'll sign something that actually says you don't have to. And I will say this. I still think Sydney are a little bit ahead. But interestingly, he didn't play last week. He came on as a substitute last week. This is the first time that he's started since that. And if you look at victory at their best, that team tonight is their best team. Yep. And I would say that whatever's happened behind the scenes to allow Ben Calfala to play, it's going to be, it could be pivotal in what, this season looks like at the end of the year and whether they can knock Sydney off. Because I think they're probably, I don't know, at his best, maybe 10% better again if he plays and the way that he mixes with the other guys. So it's a pretty significant change, I think. Absolutely. Uh, it's good to see him back on the pitch. We'll talk more about that as the night progresses. But let's go to our callers, 94291116. And let's start with Theo in Doncaster. G'day, Theo, and welcome to the final whistle. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, very well. What do you think of tonight's game, Theo? Uh, um, on, on today's performance, guys, I think we'll give Sydney a run for their money. But we have to play the way we did. 
even at uh, even in Sydney, we'll give them a run for their money. The problem is, Theo, last week they had a chance to give them the, their uh, run for their money, but they, they weren't in the game for a lot of the period. And I thought Sydney dominated. Of course, the conditions are very different. Uh, it was a bit of a bog there. They had a lot of rain, and uh, and you know things probably didn't go for victory, victory's way early in that game. But uh, I thought Sydney were quite dominant last week, and that was a chance for for victory to do something about it. So um, uh, I don't think they've beaten Victor Sydney they once this they season, and uh, I think that's telling. Uh, but one thing that you know the finals will give teams because it's sudden death. Anything can happen on any one given day. So there's your chance there. What did you like about them tonight, Theo? I think um, I, I think Ben coming back is fantastic for the game, fantastic for victory, and as, um, the supporters absolutely love him. Yeah, um, the um, applause he got while while he got substituted was fantastic, guys. So he's a big player for us, an important player for us, and I think in a final he could he could be the difference in the, in, the, in the final. Look, I, I think FBK's had the best season for for a while. Like as we all we've said a few times, he he had a first his first season was fantastic. Then he dropped off, but he certainly came back. And you, you would he start didn't start him. off well this this season, uh, well, Vinny. I, I, I saw him in the Juventus game, Carlos, and I thought he was very very. Encouraging. Oh, no, I'm talking about was, the season. You know, proper. I know, but yeah. I I felt in you know I felt inside me. Because I, you know, I had I had the vibe <laughs> that it was going to be a good year for him. Yep. Because you remember Charlie Austin started. Charlie Austin, Charlie. Mitch. Mitch, Mitch Austin, Charlie Austin. He's the six million dollar man, yeah, isn't he? QPR yeah. player. No. Uh, Mitch Austin Steve. started the season. He, he actually was preferred to Ben Calfalar early on, probably for the first five games or so, until he got injured. And uh, then Ben Calfalar came in, and uh, and I think did quite well, and then kept his spot for a while. So I agree. A Ben Calfalar who's at his best really does enhance. Victory didn't think so three weeks ago. What? what Sorry, when when they dropped him. Well, yeah, they they'd made a decision that they weren't prepared that to was, trigger that, the cause. That, yeah, well, that was contractual and that was list management. You know, it, it had, had probably very little to do with this season. Otherwise, they would have not even entertained that. I mean, do you think they would have if they had a, a clause like that with Barisha? Do you think that they would have dropped Barisha? No, because he's a player that, by way of longevity, they would have kept him next year and maybe a year after. So. Uh, they made a decision on Ben Kalfala, probably not on the way he was playing this year. It was probably the fact that they would have had to make a, a, a decision on him next year. And you don't get a Mitch Austin and a Joy Ingham in your squad and re-sign those guys without having to make a deci- decision on Ben Kalfala. Oh, his age would have had a lot to do with it as well. I mean, he's, what, over his mid-30s now? And, mm. um, you know, you, it, yeah, it seemed that they, they needed the administration, you know, needed just to cool their heels a little bit and say, look, we need to make this decision at the end of the year. And, you know, that's their right. But, well, I, don't um, think it, I think it's the football department that have to make that decision. I think the administration say, listen, Kev, sure, sure, Paul okay. Trimboli, you, you guys are the ones who are running the team. Uh, so you guys, have, you've got yep. such and such budget. You've got these players who are either mid-contract or towards the end of their contract. You've got to balance it mm. and you've got to win games with what you decide to do. Fair enough. Hey, thanks for your call, Theo. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Scott in Craigieburn. G'day, Scott. Evening, amigos. How are you? Yeah, very well. Hey, How are you Scott. Going? Good, mate. Thanks for the call. Ah, oh, thank you for the call. <laughs> you called us. No, no, no. You called me. <laughs> oh, that's right. We always do. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Vinny called me. He calls me after every win. Okay. <laughs> Before I start, boys, I'd just like to... Um, Wish Warren good luck with his cosmetic surgery. <laughs> no, no, actually, it's it's actually taken place. Yes, and and can I say my wife's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
let's just hope the hair transplant takes his time, mate. <laughs> He's oh, definitely actually, now a been... one-eyed Melbourne City supporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. going. Uh, I thought our finishing was pretty good tonight. Um, I think that's what we've missed, especially last week. I mean, Sydney dominated us, but we had our chances to score. Joingham decided to jump up five foot in the air and decided to go with his feet instead of going with his head. He didn't want to mess his hair up the model. <laughs> didn't, want to, didn't want to put a mark on his face, you know. Barisha spooning and like that. Like, and they, they did dominate us, but we had our chances to score, so yep. we got no excuses. Um, but I think, what's tonight's hotline? The, the three blind mice hot, hotline? No, or? The potent prongs hotline, yep. son. Oh, I thought it would have been the three blind mice. I thought the referee was absolutely abysmal tonight. We've got we to, gotta, you know, be fair with it was absolutely ridiculous defending, and we we're lucky we didn't give away three or four penalties. So in the end, I'm happy to get. Oh, so, so you actually, so you actually saying the Perth should have got a couple of penalties tonight, Scott? Oh, they could have got three or four. Well, I yeah, mean, good on you because you know I I refuse to entertain when you know coaches like Tony Popovich and now Kevin Musket at different times they explode at the referee for blatant, you know, free kicks or penalties against them. If they were to turn around and if Kevin Musket was to say in the press conference that that referee was incompetent because he didn't give Perth glory those penalties, if he doesn't come as strong as that, I don't want to entertain when they've got a case to like a case for them. So I'd rather you know if, if the if that's the coach, not going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> it's a dream. It's fantasy. Carlos is in la la land yeah, by that thinking would... that. But I was thinking, you know, why why would we listen to a a coach just? having a crack at the referee or the refereeing standards just for decisions that go their way or for the purpose of them getting the benefit of those decisions when really there's just as bad decisions or disgraceful decisions going the other way and they don't say anything about it. So, And I know it'll never happen, but when a, when a coach starts doing that, I'll start entertaining those, uh, those free kicks, those penalties that they think they should have got themselves. I was going to say, I know Melbourne Victory share Gosh's paddock with the Melbourne Storm and the Melbourne Rebels, but their defending in the box was almost <laughs> rugby league-like at some stages. <laughs> I mean, I would have thought maybe two or three, maybe a bit extreme. The Carl Valeri one, which happened at a really interesting time of the game. I think the other ones, maybe 50-50. There's as much holding to and fro, but you know, when you're being held from behind as you're trying to make a run towards goal, that's pretty blatant, and Keo ends up on the ground. So fair, that's probably to, the to one. Fair, Valeri the refer- has, sorry, Valeri hasn't held anyone like that since his honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> but but you've got to understand, look, a lot of people are holding, both teams are holding, and in these days you can sort of reach around the back and act like you're being held, but you're holding someone else. Fortnarelli is a classic at doing that. Uh, yeah, I can understand why refs don't necessarily get that when, it's, when there's a lot of traffic in the penalty areas and they, they don't see anyone clearly... Uh, you know, uh, holding back someone else. Um, if you don't see it clearly, you don't give it. And I'd rather than not give it. Tell you the truth. Hey, Scott, are you still there? Yeah, mate. So, could I just uh, answer Carlos on what he was just saying about Muskie? Sure. Yep. If Muskie did that and complained about the, the hold on the, the the Perth team, it would be pure stupidity. We've got games to play, and the next referees will just say, oh, that's a penalty, that's a penalty. You know, you, you've got to be careful with what you say. You know, no, I, no, I, I understand. Sure, I, it would I'm never, sure. Scott. It would never. It would never happen. I'm, I'm just sort of saying that you'd have new respect for. You know, I think John Aloisi a few weeks ago came the closest I've heard mm. to it when he came out after the game and saying, "Listen, we got a penalty. It shouldn't have been a penalty. The other side got a penalty. It shouldn't have been a penalty. It was just bad refereeing all around." We hardly get that at all. Now, I'm not. 
I'm deluded to think that that is suddenly going to be a trend where these coaches are going to do that. Uh, but until they start doing that, why would we listen to one that they didn't get and not entertain what the other shots should have got too? Hey, Scott, are you uh, are you free on Friday, March the 31st? March the 31st. <laughs> is, Warren, is Warren going to be there? Or? No, actually, I'll be, I'll be overseas, Scotty. So I'm sorry I can't make it because I'd love to meet you and love to have a chat to you. But I'll be, uh, actually, I'll be preparing to go and watch Liverpool play Everton that game. So I'm sorry I won't be able to be there. I would like to come with you, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't go to that. But uh, we'd love for you to come to uh, Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business Luncheon on March the 31st. Archie Thompson is going to be the featured guest and he'll be honoured by Football Federation Victoria for his contribution to footy in Victoria at Sheldon Receptions and Convention Centre. So, hey, mate, stay on the line and um, we'll take your details. Well done. Thanks, Thanks for that. There's Scott from Craigie Byrne. Uh, that's, we've got one more to go. One more of those prizes with thanks to Community and Business. Uh, tickets are still available for it. Go to communityandbusiness.com.au. Hey, um, it's 25 past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts. They've been around for 27-odd years. Mario and the team do a fantastic job. They'll look after you. Give them a call on 1300 Best On. That's 1300 Best On. Vinny. Look, I wanted to give it to Barrow because he's, he's solid and he's back and he made me happy just being there again, <laughs> just in command of things. But I've got to give it to Rojas because I just thought yeah. the goal he scored was just dynamite. Does he Out miss? World. Sorry, Vinny. Does he miss two weeks? He'll play for the All Whites, doesn't he? Miss. A victory actually. The will, next will victory game few. with no Barisha, yeah. no Rojas, and that's. But it doesn't matter at this time of the no trophy. There's so much. There's so. They're really... playing Brisbane, aren't they? I think in that game. So does it matter? Are... Well, the... no, it doesn't matter. I'm thinking from a points... Melbourne City perspective, it matters to me. No, they're 12 points. You know, the distance between them and third place. And no, I'm more uh... thinking about City needing to get ahead of Brisbane, Carlos, and victory deliberately not having any of those players play. <laughs> having Because they're actually looking to make it difficult for Melbourne City. But that's all right. There you go. Marco Rojas is Vinny's best on ground, with thanks to best on plumbing. Hey, John Flynn and other callers, please stay on the line because we'll need to take a break and come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for joining us on Saturday Night Fever and the final whistle with the four Diegos here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Melbourne victory defeated Perth Glory tonight 4-1. Diego Castro scoring the first goal, though, in the fifth minute for Perth Glory, then Barisha in the 23rd, Calfala in the 42nd, and after halftime, Rojas in the 48th, Troisi in the 74th at Amy Park. 16,814 people turned up to watch that game. Very interesting game. 9429-1116. Give us a call tonight. 9429-1116. Vinny, the hotline. It's the Potent Prongs, a.k.a. Fab Four hotline. Um, (laughs) It's the Fab Four hotline now. It changes, doesn't it? Well, it's a bit of both. It's it's the Potent Prongs hotline, but, um, you know, Fab Four too. I like it. On 0433-981116, we'll take your text messages as well. And 9429-1116, get on the hotline. We'd love to talk to you tonight. Uh, Donald Trump just tweeted, Warren Diego's feet have been enlarged bigly. <laughs> so clearly um, you've got bigger feet now, Why Warren. do I need enlarged feet? Oh, well, you know, sometimes you walk a bit. It wasn't because, and, and look, it's becoming hurtful. <laughs> right. I mean, there are a few no. issues around. I could have a lot of work done if I had the money, <laughs> but I don't have the money, so I don't have a lot of work done. This was not cosmetic surgery. Yep. No. 
No, clearly. I, I can tell just by looking <laughs> yeah, okay. at you. Uh, Carlos, you're giving your love child, Kevin Musket, a pull through here. Yep. How come Kevin is not mentioning the video ref that he was begging for last week? That's off the tip. That's the point I'm making. <laughs> That's exactly the point I'm making, but it'll never happen. Uh, managers use the whole of uh, you know attacking the ref after the game. Even justifiably, they, they do it. Uh, partly as a, as a you know as deflecting off their team performance, or um, or you know or they they could be genuinely aggrieved by what happened, but it actually serves no purpose in the end, except for the fact that you know for their own purpose, it may not you know the media may not be concentrating on how the team played, especially if they didn't play all that well. And we've got a text here for for Theo, who was our first caller tonight. You played against Perth Glory tonight. I remember that, Theo, not Sydney FC, who wiped the floor with your awesome team victory. So clearly a Melbourne City supporter probably texting in. 0433981116. Send us a text message. Tonight, Melbourne victory 4-1 winners over Perth Glory. Let's go to John in Mooney Ponds. G'day, John. Thanks for holding and welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, hi, guys. How are we? Yeah, hey, very John. well. Look, I've heard you callers talking about, you know, victory finally beating Sydney and all that. But the difference between... Us and Sydney at the moment, or oh, it's been that uh, all season, is that, you know, they wouldn't probably cop a goal, an early goal like um, like we did today. So, and also, I think, you know, we've had three games against Sydney. We didn't put our chances away, which is what you've got to. Um, we missed, even missed a penalty. So, look, I still think we, you know, we could be a bit more tighter in the back in the back line when we do play them and take your chances because they don't give you many. Um, you know, Perth did not pressure. They they gave um, they gave us a bit of space, um, but you know, overall, good game. But you know. Well, look, I thought it was a, a, a really good game, and I, I thought Perth were, were up for it at the start. And I think maybe if they'd been awarded the penalty, it'd be be a bit bit harder, even harder for us because we we went one nil down. And this was a game where we actually did just take all our chances when we went forward, and um, and, and Best didn't miss the ones that that he missed against Sydney, and and we we got it in the back of the net. So look, I think the it, the difference between Melbourne and Sydney isn't great, even though Sydney beat Melbourne three times this year. So it's a very, it was a great win today. It needs to be one goal, Vinny. Well, no, that's right. So, you know, all credit to Sydney and they did the job and you can't take that away from them. I wouldn't want to, but I, I think there's, there's not miles between Sydney and Melbourne. Why aren't Sydney, and I'm not, why aren't Sydney getting the credit that they deserve when you have a look at their seasons against well, Brisbane who's seasons? Give, who's not giving them... Well, I think the oh, you general... mean as far as one of the greatest teams yeah. we've ever had? Yeah. Because they haven't done it for more than one season. This is a team that was deplorable last year, CDFC. They They're were. a team where Graham Arnold, there was talk about him getting you know, the sack. So I heard during the week, I think it was Clint Bolton actually talking about him feeling that this Sydney team is the best team we've ever had, just purely because of the numbers. They've only lost one game this season in the league. One, you know, of course, the FFA Cup final too. But he's saying, you know, the number of goals they've conceded and all that. All the, the data says it it could be one of the greatest individual seasons, no question. But if you're talking about the best team ever, no, well, you, you've got to compare it to those Brisbane teams that for three or four years in a row they were just terrific. So, but the one thing we did say about Sydney and people have said it before is that they've got a great bench as well as a great squad. They when they put 
the eleven they put on the pitch is backed up by some some stars on that bench. So and, and Vinny, that's the reason why I don't know whether Sydney can replicate what Brisbane did because I don't think he can keep the Abinis and the David Carnies at a club where they're sitting on the bench. Those guys want to play every week, mm-hmm. so I think that that depth maybe I don't think they'll have that next year unless they recruit and turn over people because you can get you can make them happy in one year when they win something and you're paying them okay. But in year two, they'll say, no, nah, I'm not going to spend another... You know, David Carney, there's no way he wants to spend another year on the bench. And that Bernie Abini, really, I mean, there's, there'd be a big argument that he should be starting in that mm. team right now. And and you obviously talk about some of the... You look at the, um, the, the clubs playing in the Asian Champions League, how decimated they are, how different they are to the teams that actually finished first and second, excuse me, um, yeah. last year. So, you know, they'll lose... They they may lose players like uh, Ninkovic, yeah. uh, you know, and and some of the others. You and of know. course, we got we got hot off the hotline. That's right. It hasn't uh, happened a few yet. months ago. Where in the China Super League mm. uh, transfer window, big talk that Ninkovic was a wanted player over there, but he didn't end up going. Uh, but it was interesting that we got that message sent through to us. But uh, you know, obviously, you know the way he's playing this mm. year. Uh, but even though I think. The Josh Berlanti yeah, coming in, he's been fantastic. Mm. Brandon O'Neill's really stepped up as a young footballer. Their middle of the park is is very, very good. I was going to say, the Chinese Super League, there's so much... They don't respect transfer windows anymore. They'll just get him when they want to get him, <laughs> Carlos. So stuff FIFA, they'll just yeah do what they need to do. Hey, by the way, thanks for your call there, John. Let's go to Flynn, who's been holding on from Taylor's Lake. G'day, Flynn. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. What do you think of tonight's game? Um, in goal... From first came a bit too early, we and we dominated the game first through the match for the, for the first quarter, but then they just scored a goal. And then, yeah. How did you feel when they scored the goal? Were you nervous? I just felt like we'll lose the game then. Oh, really? Oh. You didn't give up though, Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favourite player? Rowan. Yeah. You're probably a bit taller than him, aren't you? <laughs> Flynn, did you have a favourite goal? Yeah. Which one? I mean, I'd say probably he's from far out. Yeah. So, Flynn, do you play football? Yeah. Okay, so who do you play for? Green Gully under nine. Oh, Green Gully. They're a production line there, mate. Uh, and, and not having such a bad season in the NPL at the moment, too. So, Flynn... Do you want to go on and play for Green Gully Seniors and then go on to play A-League and then go on to play for Australia? Yeah. So how old are you, how old are you now? Under nine. So. You're under nine. So how many years will it take you to do that? Twelve. Twelve years. Good, okay. Good so maths too, Carlos. Okay. So what? You'll be 23, Carlos. 23? 23? 21. Hey, Flynn. <laughs> Flynn, you there? Yeah. You know what? The FFE have just given me a call, and um, mm-hmm. they want to give you a VIP season pass to um, the NPL this year. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, so all the NPL games, even the finals, and even um, you can get into some of the preliminary games of the FFA Cup. So, with thanks to Community and Business, that's Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business. If you stay on the line, we'll get your details and we'll send you a v- one VIP pass uh, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria. Good on you. Thanks for calling. Thank my pleasure. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. See, that's what you love, don't you? Just Jeez. a kid who loves his football. I was impressed when he used the word dominate. <laughs> that's, that's true. And his maths was so quick. I know. Too. Better than Warren's.
<laughs> hey, Vinny, you'd be interested. We've only got this. one eye to count with at the moment, Carlos. <laughs> and, and in light of um, the hotline last week, yes. Vinny, was the, oh, get, the, the Get Castro. The Get Castro, just off the text message. Castro to Melbourne, how true are the rumours? Well, Vinny, you started them. I started them. But the other so rumour <laughs> off, off the SMS is that Oli Bazanich didn't wasn't even dressed for the game tonight. Mm. He wasn't even picked in the squad. He was in a suit. Yeah, yeah, wasn't, he wasn't ready to play unless he's going to be playing in the suit there, Warren. I'm just saying he wasn't decked out for the for the game, so he wasn't even in the squad. And there, off the SMS, a rumor that he may be going to Japan, and that could, depending. I mean, obviously we're we're a few weeks away from finals and the end of the season, but you'd think that if Castro was coming to Melbourne, and Melbourne victory, we're going to lose Bazanich. He's the he's a marquee uh-huh. player. Well, Teddy and Glenn Roy is the one that just sent that text in. G'day, boys. I've heard a rumour about Oli Bazanich that he's going to Japan. Any confirmation on this? Cheers, boys. Go victory. So well, I mean, um, I'd dropped... heard about it earlier yeah. as well, but but that was uh, that was just speculation. I have I don't have any. But you don't have the privilege hall... of town hall no, meetings, Rodrigo. So it could news. just be rumour. The, the only the only rumours we push are the ones we start. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But to put you know put two and two together, mm. we got Bazanich who. Really, unless he's had a stand-up argument with uh, Musket, there's no reason why he wouldn't be in the squad, right? If he if he's not in the squad at all, it may be in preparation for the move to Japan. So um, you know, it didn't make sense that he wasn't at least on the bench because he has been on the bench. He's the marquee player, and it would have been a big move for Kevin Musket not to even have the marquee player in the match day squad, even if he wasn't going to be starting the in, in the starting eleven. So um, look, I think that. Look, Oli Bazanich hasn't been at his best at Melbourne Victory consistently since he's, since he's come. He's been the marquee player. I think there's another year on his contract still uh, that, he's, uh, that he's got. Um, I don't think there'd be too many problems if, uh, if Victory, if he, if he was to leave Victory. Be great. Because then that, that really leaves a marquee spot, one of the marquee spots uh, available to, uh, to Victory to It'd go after. It'd be great if he went like back to Central Coast. Like, they're the type of players, and I'm serious – they're the type of players that Central Coast are never going to have the budget for. Why, you know, why, why would he go back to Central Coast? Why wouldn't he? Because Cha-ching. they're unfashionable. They don't pay enough. They're, they're not going to be successful. Yeah, see, see, the reasons there's, for you wanting... Question, I mean, how superficial marks. are you? There's question they're marks. Not, they're not fashionable. They're not. I mean, who cares? So, so let's just have if three clubs if, in the competition. If you're an ambitious footballer and... Obviously, uh, Warren, you've never been an ambitious footballer, and you'll never be an ambitious footballer, right? I've never been a, uh, I've never been that ambitious when it comes to radio either, Carlos. Just never been an ambitious anything. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But if you had any ambition at all as a footballer, Central Coast Mariners, and you're not at Central Coast Mariners, a place like Victory, you don't go there to fulfil your ambition. Unless you're an ambitious surfer who also <laughs> plays football. That's true. Just That's off, true. Uh, Kane in Frankston has said, and we haven't heard uh, Kevin Mas- Musket's uh, post-game, and we'll listen to that uh, um, soon in the show. Musket said in the post-match that Bazanich is a wanted player at the club, Kane. Well, that, uh, that, that's could, be what a, he would that say. could be a negotiating tactic, because obviously <laughs> the Japanese team will have to pay a transfer fee, and if you're a required player, they might have to pay a bit more to Get him so, uh, no. victory. Victory would win out big time if they sold uh, Bazanich by way of transfer fee. He's a marquee player. He's a wanted player. <laughs> he's a wanted player, according to Kevin Musket. So uh, he's no. not a want away player, uh, Carla. Well, he could be. He could <laughs> he be could a want away player. He could be Rodrigo. So <laughs> um, I think this could be a win win for the club. But maybe the timing's not right, by the way, because uh, you know. 
if uh, if they needed him for the finals. Uh, but then again, he, look, I, I got a sense that maybe that'd be a good thing for both club, both club and player that uh, he may move on. Because last week, Carlos, when you were away, we did have the Get Castro hotline with the Get Shorty music. And uh, can I just say that uh, you look at uh, Castro's footwork, and then you put Ro- you know you put him alongside Rojas and Troisi, and it's you need two balls on the park. Yeah, basically, yeah, just uh, again, Vinny, Jean, Jean-Paul uh, de Mourinho was very chummy with Castro after the game off the text message. Hey, um, it's 17 minutes to 11. Come on. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Uh, give them a call. Dom and the team there will look after you with all of your tax uh, requirements. one three hundred three double six six three nine. Been around for over 30 years. They know exactly what to do with your tax return. one three hundred three double six six three nine. 366 639 Warren? Yeah, I'd love to audit Vinny for putting out a uh, text out there that uh, put out some communication that's actually not, not correct. But We could have taken a photo, by the way, of Look, the I'm enhancement. Gonna, I'm, gonna, um, I'm going what to... We, we could take a photo of the enhancement and send that out. Do you wanna, yeah, I, I just went by the brochures, Warren. <laughs> the little brochures left. I I'm going to audit the FFA, Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, they're talking about bringing in this video refereeing. Just bring it in. You know, don't, don't wait, wait few, around. Wait Bring it weeks. in. It's, no, wait a few they, weeks. They're going to use it. They, they've announced months ago. Why don't they trial it at meaningless games at Central Coast play, Carlos? Because they're not <laughs> ambitious. It's not a very nice place to go. So why don't you trial it with Central Coast? No, the FFA. Can they get one thing right? You know, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> they announced... They so just don't get anything right. Audit, but they actually announced right. months ago that they were going to introduce no, no, it during no, the finals. No, no, but it falls into the same category oh. as so you, just as expansion. Just because you're unhappy, they yes. have to introduce it before. They actually stay. Isn't that the it. purpose of the audit? It's to express surgery. unhappiness. It's a surgery, Carlos. He's still coming at it. I'm unhappy. Drowsy. I'm not comfortable with this audit because there's too many outside influences. In this, no, uh, this, and, audit. Uh, this isn't technically going that well. This audit, but <laughs> technically, can I ask? So, so can I ask a question? Now. Would Carl Valeri's rugby tackle mm. on Keo tonight mm. would have that become a penalty under the video refereeing? It's called a honeymoon tackle. Yeah, I don't know the actual procedure because I think someone's got to. I think I think it's the fourth official. Or someone's got to actually bring flag it. Yeah, flag yes. the attention of the of the yep. central referee, and they they go to the, the TV. They actually did it. In... So it's not enough for Carl Valeri to be seen on top. Of Andy Keo with his arms around him. Well, the ref, the ref it's still not enough. Bit, it's still a bit murky at that stage, Warren. Okay. It's still a bit grey. Okay, actually, no worries, that's fine. They, they trialled it in, in a friendly between Wellington and uh, a team a few weeks and ago. And how'd it go? Well, it was very controversial because they gave a penalty for something really, really minor that the fourth official had picked up. And uh, and the opposition were very upset because it was so minor. Okay. You you would no not normally pick it up. This has been so, one of the best audits I've ever done. Mm, so very, yeah, very close. The FFA can't get it right, and Vinny in particular, <laughs> Vinny on a personal note. All right, let's take a break and uh, just uh, regroup and uh, come back with more of the Forty Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of sport. Yes, we're freaking out here on the Diego's. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle. Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diego's Melbourne just, victory. Uh, you just busted a move there, Rodrigo. I did. Rodrigo. I did. It was a good, I've good not choice. seen that, and I've seen I've seen you in, in discos. I've never seen what you just did. No, no, I can bust a move in Venezuela. <laughs>
<laughs> the best of them I used to be able to anyway. I think you um, just bust a groin. That's yeah, the, I did. The, the say so yourself. I busted a, a, a yeah. pants button, actually. <laughs> um, Melbourne victory defeated Perth Glory 4-1 tonight. Diego Castro scoring first in this game in the fifth minute. Then Barisha, Calfala, Rojas and Troisi. Fat four. Scored the goals uh, for Melbourne victory. 16,814 people went to Amy Park tonight. On the hotline tonight, Vinnie Venezuela on 94291116. It is the Potent Prongs, a.k.a. Fab Four hotline. Tell us if you're excited about the victory team and how they played and you're encouraged if you think they're going to win the toilet seat and have something to wrap around their necks. Should I? Look, the big for me, the big elephant in the room. <laughs> Come on. I said I broke a button on my pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> elephant in the room. So rude. And this is to be fair to Warren because <laughs> we do talk about crowd figures every time Melbourne City play, especially at home, mm. and we question... You know what? You know where they're at with where their the crowds. Where rust, the rusties are. Yeah, where they're churning up, and if there is a good crowd, we we, we talk about it. Sixteen thousand eight hundred fourteen. That's almost Melbourne City-like crowd. <laughs> yeah, Birdman Rally, Carlos. What's going on? Is it, is it Moomba? Is it the Moomba, oh, I'm not really? Sure it's Moomba. Long yeah. weekend. Who I, knows? I don't know. If I was Robbo, and I know Robbo is listening to us right now. In Robbo. fact, Robbo, you owe me some tickets yeah, from yeah. earlier in the season yeah. to Robbo. the next derby. That was Robbo. a Saturday night, Carlos. Yeah, Rob- <laughs> call in, Robbo. I'd actually call a board meeting tonight, Robbo, and get him into Amy Park administrative offices in the boardroom mm. and... Nut this out. That's not a good enough Because you've got to get on top of these things straight away, don't you, Carlos? You uh, can't yeah, leave yeah, it till Monday yeah, yeah, morning. Yeah, just the way Melbourne City get on top of their crowds straight away. But uh, <laughs> Melbourne Victory, that's that's not good enough, really. Mm. 16,800. It, it is, it, is, is there a problem, Melbourne Victory fans? Are uh, you listening? You're driving Take around, a you good hard look at yourselves. Why didn't you go? No. Why didn't you go to the game? What? Let's do our homework. We don't attack people, Warren. Let's do our homework. <laughs> this is a, let's run our own little town hall now. Why? Oh, actually, Why? let's just get a lesson from Carlos how to run a town. Well, well, I want to, to see this, Carlos. Do it. Oh, no, I'd like to know from our listeners out there. It is a Melbourne. It's a Melbourne-sized town hall that we're mm-hmm. talking about. And I want to know if you didn't go to the game, why didn't you go to the game? And if you did go to the game, and you just as disappointed as I am in that crowd, uh, why you think? You didn't get a bigger crowd tonight. Is Effect- it just a long weekend? Is it just Moomba or, oh, or is it more long. than that? Effectively, if you didn't go to the game, what's your note to Robbo going to say? Yeah. Like, you know, you got to, your parents yeah. have got to write a note because you missed school. Same yeah. thing. Dear yeah. Robbo, my daughter couldn't go to the game because. Because yeah. I, I see, and I've said this before, I see Melbourne Victory as a club that should have, I think they've got 28,000 members, something like around something that figure. They should be a 40,000 member club. They should be up there with your mid-range AFL clubs, that's what Melbourne Victory should be. And if they're not, they're under capacity. And to get 16,914, and I, I, look, I don't have the crowd figures, you know, the, the trends this year in crowds, but uh, I, I don't remember them being too oh, that robust. That is below their average. Yeah, that, it's that below is, the average, you know, but they haven't been. But they're not averaging 25 or 26 no, or 20, 27. No, Okay, but I, like I think that. they should be around the 27 mark, to mm. tell you the truth. So we put pressure on Melbourne City around crowds. I, you know, put pressure on Melbourne Victory. Who've had? Uh, they're the behemoth in the market. They do yep. call themselves the biggest club in Australia. Uh, they do rate themselves against the biggest clubs in uh, in Asia. So yeah, what's going on? Mm. It's nice to see the top tier though, sort of get a get a run. <laughs> it's true. Amy yeah. Park, get a few people yeah. there. That's nice, isn't it? It normally does when Victory play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Warren. Um,
Just off the text message. Good day, Diego. I came in for this. What a game. <laughs> Love the standing ovation when FBK came off. Love the show, guys. Thank you for that. Keep up the great work. Alex Bellino from Werribee. Thanks for that. Uh, and it was a very nice ovation. Clearly the, the... Where were they protesting three weeks ago when he wasn't getting the game? Well, uh, well... Now, they were asking questions. Well, well, who was asking questions? Who was asking questions? They, they were Sending through SMSs here. It took here Robbie Slater to have an off-the-record conversation with FBK. Which he, which he put on the record. Well, he then put on the record. <laughs> on yeah, TV. which all good journalists do, Carlos. Yeah, but I don't blame the club at the you time. You take off-air conversations the, and put them the, on air the, often. The only the only thing that I would, you know, maybe point the finger at the club about is why would you have a clause like that that would lead to that situation? Mm. But in the end, it shows... His daughter shows, saved the day. It shows the relationship those players have with that club and the respect for each other that they were able to work it out. And obviously... It took may, a kitty. It took may, a little kitty yeah, to maybe, work it out, Maybe, maybe uh, you know, Ben Kalfala has turned around and said, let's, let's scrub that, let's scrub oh, that has, clause. Clearly. I'll play shop window football for the rest of the year as long as you give me a chance to play and I'll be off. And he won't. there won't be any shortage of mm. suitors next year. I mean, West Sydney Wanderers, he's perfectly, you know... Uh, matched with them. Someone like uh, a Perth Glory, even. If they lose Castro, he'd be perfectly matched for them. So I think it's a win-win for both he and the club if he keeps playing. It's four minutes to 11. Carlos's Young Gun. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. It uh, started this year and uh, they'll be taking enrolments uh, for next year as well. Give them a call on 9409 Double zero. If you're a young footballer, tell your parent that that's where you want to go. Yeah. Or if uh, you are a parent of a, of a good young footballer, give them a call, 9409-8800. It's the Northern Football Academy. Carlos, who's your young gun? A place where you can go to school and live the life of a professional oh, footballer at the same time. Fantastic. I wish I had it in my day. Um, Lawrence Thomas. Ah, oh, yes. Unsung. I reckon mm. he's unsung, but tonight he was fantastic. And, you know, the goalkeepers that, that aren't demonstrative, that you know, aren't too flashy, but don't give, don't make a lot of mistakes. They're the ones you love. Uh, Warren, the Ray Clementses of this world. Yeah, yep. That sort of goalkeeper. Lawrence Thomas is all that. The Jersey Dudecks of the world. I agree. The Bruce Grobelars of the world. I think the they're, ones who are understated. They're, they're erratic. Oh, those guys. Oh, sorry. The Ray Clements. You know the yeah, David yeah, Seaman. Yeah, those yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. goalkeepers yep. that. Aren't, there's not too much fuss about them, but they do a are great job. Are they unfashionable, job. those guys, Carlos? No, they just don't know no fuss. And uh, Lawrence Thomas is the same player. He's 24 years old. Second that's, best goalkeeper in, in the comp. He just gets into, under the category no, no, of, that's uh, good. That's, that's of good Young age. Gun. And I just love the way he's gone about it. And I'll tell you what, he's not too far away from actually getting a soccer recap, I reckon. There you go. Thank you very much there, Carlos. 4-1 tonight, Melbourne victory, defeated Perth Glory. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. There you have it. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Melbourne victory, as you heard from Teo Palazzeri there, defeated Perth Glory 4-1. As you heard again, Diego Castro scoring the first goal in the fifth minute. Barisha then in the 23rd. Ben Calfalar in the 42nd. Rojas in the 48th minute, Troisi scoring an absolute beauty as well in the 74th minute. Amy Park tonight, 16,814 people. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you for the second hour tonight. Uh, Vinny Venezuela. Good evening, Rodrigo. Warren, you're back. You're looking, actually, you're actually starting to look better as the show progresses. <laughs> you know, um, off topic, but do you think I can add Tatsalotto numbers to the weather next week? <laughs> Saturday night, that's not a bad idea. Income, I reckon I want to be more like John Deeks. Mm-hmm. I want to be like... Do the Tatsoto numbers. No, you've got a bit of training. Can you in the supplementary? 
And Carlos, uh, welcome back to you for the second hour. Yes, looking forward to it, Rodrigo. If I can just get stuck into a, a bit of a concern of mine just before the mm. news about the crowd figure tonight, 16,840. I think it's mm. a bit low for Melbourne Victory. I want to know where people are. Why aren't they turning up to the games? Uh, off the uh, Twitter, uh, Stephen Bartolo says, complaining about 16,000 crowd. You're kidding me? Every other club would be envious of anything above 15,000. But, but Victory talk, don't compare themselves uh, they, to every well, other I club. I don't compare Victory to every, every no, other club. No, I don't either. Victory are a big club. They're not Sydney FC who pretend to be big. Victory <laughs> are a big club. So I was going to say, do Victory start want to be? Do they start want to start being compared to Melbourne <laughs> City? Do they? Well, that's the thing. Oh no! If you if well, you're happy, well, if you're you happy with sixteen thousand, you're happy to be compared with Melbourne City, and that's a good game for Melbourne City, Sydney FC. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, no, Western City sort of, well, actually, Western no, City are about the 14s, aren't they? Mm. 14s, 15s. But they're not Melbourne, playing in Melbourne their Melbourne Victory are not uh, just the average A-League club in that respect, and I expect bigger crowds. Ong Tiong Chun off uh, Twitter uh, says, crowds down overall, people getting bored with the competition, 10-team competition going on for eight months. You know, that could be a, obviously something that uh, may uh, be a reason for it. Uh, Stephen Bartola again, Sydney loss was deflating and most of Melbourne now in AFL mode. That's the reason why they're not turning up. Steve Hewlett uh, says uh, crowds softened across the board uh, since Christmas. Amigos, FFA marketing budget uh, shallower <laughs> than a dinner plate. And, uh, and of course, just off the SMS. Yeah, once, he, once what's his name chose a team, it was all over, yeah. wasn't it? The uh, Helena from uh, Croydon says the specials were playing at the zoo tonight. And um, apparently it's a Twilight show. And it's the only home game they've missed. So, What was uh, that kid's name again? Helena. No, no, the kid who chose the team. Yoshi. You know what Yoshi should do? If they want to re, re-energise the campaign, he should come out and say he made a mistake in plotting for City too early <laughs> and then go through that process again. We're getting a bit off the text message here on 0433981116. Guys, it's a long yeah. weekend. Families True. go away for the weekend. Victory atmosphere is gone. The attraction of sitting in the stadium is in a half-full um, is is not what it used to be yep. with the terraces pumping, noise level a shadow of what it used to be. Victory supporters, this is often another text, um, are getting ready for the expansion clubs from Geelong and South <laughs> Melbourne. Told ya. Yeah. So it's not just a long weekend. There's other people saying it's a little bit of sameness about the competition at the moment. Uh, and uh, when it gets like that, it's hard to get them back. You know, we're in Melbourne and there's a lot of options, like the specials at the zoo. Hmm. I'm glad you read that because I actually didn't understand that, Carlos. But uh, I'm glad <laughs> you did that. Are they a band? Well, the specials yeah. nine four two nine eleven. Are they a band? Are they a band? Yes, they're a group from many years ago. Are they oh, any of good? They are. Yes. Yes. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. British group. Give us a call. Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping are our sponsors. Mark has been very patient from East Bentley and uh, is our first caller this hour. G'day, Mark, and welcome to the final whistle. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, very well. What do you think of tonight's game, Mark? Yeah, fantastic result from the boys. Played really well. But um, just a, your thoughts on the crowd issue. Mm. I've been a member for a long time and, and remember Olympic Park and love Amy Park. And just trying to get new people in, like quite a few times I've brought mates to games that Eddie had and just it's never the same atmosphere as Amy Park. So you're saying Amy's better than Eddie had? 100%. Yeah, but they played Amy tonight and the crowd was a bit low? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100% for that. But trying to get new people in and trying to get new people into victory, do you think there's too many games that Eddie had? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're saying they should just play more games at Amy Park so people just get used to going to Amy Park? Yeah, like ev- even the atmosphere and watching an actual game of football at Etihad is yeah. nothing compared to Amy. Yeah, I've never, I've never enjoyed watching football at Etihad, I've got to say. And now that the AFL own it outright, maybe it's time to just make Amy Park your home ground. And, and and of course that's being shared with Melbourne Storm and so forth. But uh, but it's your ground and uh, and you just have the consistency. And given that you know even even some of the derbies aren't being sold out at Amy Park, so uh, or some of the big games aren't being sold out. Maybe you just make it you know that that uh, that ground that that you're going to be playing at. People know you're going to play there. And if if it's such a big crowd with a sellout, well people just miss out. I've never enjoyed watching Victory play anywhere, but <laughs> I actually think. Playing at Amy Park is far better. But you know what? We're reaching that really interesting part of the season. And because the rain already in Sydney, the Sydney football stadium's already cut up. That was average last night in terms of the surface. And the week before. And the week before. And that's the the wet. And anyone who watched the Broncos play the Cowboys last night, where Brisbane Raw play, that's already was poor during the season. They relayed it. And then you chuck in Bieber and Adele and a few yep. other... You know, Bruce, Bruce, and you know, this is but it's a really disappointing we, time of the year, I think. In we, many ways, have we ever had the surface at Amy Park uh chopped up by rugby? Uh, have we ever experienced oh, a bad surface at Amy no, Park? No, we have a no, couple of con- times, no, because of the concert more than more the, concerts, the rugby, but yeah, there was a time there, um, you know, when you know, sometimes they were bringing up what looked like a lot of sand, and I know that happens a lot at yep. um. At Eddie had or used to anyway, but um, the, the, there was a really quick surface a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. It looked, it bounced really yep. high, and, and and it was really quick, but and the not, players looked struggled. Okay, but um, that's more okay. I don't mind that so much. I don't think players mind that so much, especially if they're a quick passing team. Yeah, yeah no, I don't. I've never seen a bog at. Yeah, Park. it's mm. just when the, the Sydney pitches and the Brisbane oh, pitches with the awful. rugby they cut up really awful, badly, yeah. and, and you uh, get a bit of weather. It's an uneven pitch. When you're a ball playing team that moves it pretty quickly, like Victory do, you know, few passes, you know, hit targets and, and move that sort of mobility type, mobile type football. If you've got a, a, a ground that's uneven, that's when your problem occurs. But I don't think I've ever seen an uneven ground. I've seen it underwater. Uh, yeah, no, I've seen that too. Yeah. And I've seen it drain <laughs> yes. very, very quickly too. So, yeah. hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Thanks for your call, Mark. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Jimmy in Avondale Heights. G'day, Jimmy. G'day, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. How, how are you? Yeah, very well. Just wanted to join in on this discussion about the crowd. Yep. Um, I've been a member of the Victory for five years, I think, now, and uh, I've sort of uh, dropped off attending in the last few months, uh, purely ever since they banned the North Terrace. It's just nowhere mm. near the same experience as it. Uh, that, that was initially when the football was ordinary. It was the crowd that got me going every week just for the fun and the, the whole atmosphere. So, and now the football's obviously caught up, but it's just nowhere near the same experience. And similar to the other caller, bringing mates uh, along back then and then uh, trying to get them back, uh, you know, sort of the start of this season. And, um, yeah, they haven't, they haven't even shown an inkling of interest since the A-League, uh, since the Terrace has been shut down. It's just uh, it's a huge difference. So, Jimmy, were you, part of, were you part of the North Terrace? Like, was that bigger than going to just watch the game itself? So, uh, historically, I was the South Terrace and only the last two years. So, the first three, I was South, and then I've joined the North the last two years um, just to be even closer to the action. And, um, you know, uh, not that I did anything silly, but just being alongside of uh, the, the passion and the atmosphere of these, uh, these kids 
I'm only 27 myself, but mm. some of these kids are so passionate that it just provided the the best atmosphere. And and so you'd rather watch, be there for that than watch a game. Is that, that that's the thing that gets me? No, they go hand in hand. Yeah, the game is still the game, but it's not the same atmosphere in the seat. Being at the stadium, it's like being at home, effectively. So I watch the games on Foxtel now. So Jimmy, I mean, what actually, from my understanding, is that the North Terrace disbanded itself like it it's not that they were banned or anything like that but they decided themselves that they didn't want to go ahead uh supporting the club the way they you know we're used to uh because of restrictions on them or whatever but they decide that themselves is there a feeling that they were forced out or is the feeling that uh that you know that 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 they were a group that just stopped supporting no no, they're still very much supporting it's a lot of it's obviously the media beat up, but you know, obviously they did a lot of things wrong, and the restrictions mm. that were put on the section were, you know, a bit over the top. And you saw it on game day; just the, it was like going into combat. Some days they had riot police sitting behind the, the fans as if there was going to be a war that broke out, which was a bit of overkill. But um, you know, in terms of uh, the the support is still there, and they still some of them still attend and sit right at the back of the North Terrace, and don't they don't chant or don't support. Yep. But um, it's nowhere near the same. And it's all, they've got the love for the players. It's all about the players. It's not about, it's more so the club and the FFA who have put the restrictions on the club. And uh, obviously, you know, then it filtered down to the, to the kids because obviously a lot of these kids are, you know, sort of apprentices mainly or, or you know, early, they're, they're at university, so they're not earning big bucks. So, that, you know, they, they do it for the passion. All the, all the flags and all the posters and all the, the, the TIFOs that they make is all out of their own money. Um, but they raise by fundraising, so it's not like they're all, um, you know, uh, in the game, uh, you know, going to the games uh, uh, for any other reason but to support the players. So, Jimmy, do they just not chant as a protest? If they're still going and not chanting, they just don't, they're not feeling it in the same way, so is that why they're doing it, or they're just making their point that you're not going to get us singing and, and, and providing atmosphere? Yeah, no, a bit of both. So a bit of a protest, but also still being there to, to you know, obviously see the boys do well. But, um, you know, I earn for the day that, uh, you know, hopefully uh, things return back to normal because I'm scared that, they, you know, a lot of the supporters will drift off to any of the expansion clubs. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for your insights there, mate. Really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, make sure you keep going to the football. Yeah, I'd like to be educated about this stuff. Obviously, we're not standing in the middle of the, of the active support. So, uh, you know, there's a culture there. And, and, you know, there are people with varying and diverse opinions about whether it was good for the game, whether it's not good for the game, whether they're there supporting the club or there for themselves. Uh, but as far as the question I had, why is it such a low crowd uh, tonight, 16,814, uh, you know, the the variations of, of explanations have been, you know, long weekend, you know, obviously the issue about the atmosphere. Um, the specials. The, yeah, the, yeah, it's something, you know, some other things going on this weekend because it's Moomba and so forth. Uh, so it's not just the atmosphere. Uh, and uh, in, in past shows, we've had people actually talk about the fact that the atmosphere hasn't changed much mm. since the North Terrace has gone. So, you know, again, we're, we're relying on what people tell us because we're not in the middle of uh, those active supporter groups. And, you know, I'm happy to have a listen because I like to get educated about these things. Just off the text message here, guys. Um, Jimmy on the ball, not a terrace goer myself, but the volume in the stadium has gone from IMAX surround sound to one busted headphone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and sorry, and- the, sorry, the other thing too, getting SMSs through and, and tweets suggesting that last week's game against Sydney, the 
there's a group of fans or you know a, a cohort of fans who were really disappointed with the way the team played, mm. and they fronted up against Sydney, and uh, and that's why they didn't turn up tonight. Which I think it's that's ridiculous. It's, I mean, yeah, fair. Yeah, you know, you over the journey, team. Melbourne victory yeah, fans. How, what do I'm you not, want? I'm not justifying it. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying that there are some fans who aren't happy with things. The, and in this in in this case, a player performance, maybe even musky, who knows? And there's a reason why they don't go. Just off the text message, like you said, no, the fact is victory supporters saw their team not yeah. show up last week against Sydney FC, so they decided not to show up tonight. Maybe they were just beaten by a better team. You might want to factor that in. <laughs> hey, 94291116, give us a call tonight. Victory defeated Perth Glory 4-1. Uh, Castro scoring for Perth Glory first, and then Barisha, Kalfala, uh, Rojas and Troisi scoring for Melbourne Victory at Amy Park. 16,814 people. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Yes. The Jacksons. His son with Michael. Michael Jackson. His son was out and about this week. Prince. Oh, was he? Prince Jackson. I do. I've, I've, heard, I've seen his daughter on, yeah, yeah. Uh, out and about at the discos. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's Saturday Night Fever with the Four Diegos. It also is the final whistle, of course, after Melbourne Victory defeated Perth Glory 4-1. Amy Park, 16,814 people. Great Carlos. crowd. Oh, yeah. actually, I thought you were talking about Melbourne City. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be oh, cock-a-hoop if that I was the crowd. I would have been cock-a-hoop. Jeez. But would have made the season if that was your crowd. Warren, how are you handling the split round? That's a good question. Um, good question, Carl. I think it's the most... Actually, I wanted to audit the FFA about that yeah. too, the split round. Ridiculous. I mean, why, why wouldn't you have the split round? I mean, not, it's not like AFL. You can put the split round anywhere, and the players love it because, you know... They get a bit of a break. Yeah, 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 but why wouldn't you put the split round for football, <laughs> soccer, yep. when there's an international weekend? In two weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Please explain. That that would have been could, a good could, audit. Could that be a segment? Please explain. I thought my <laughs> audit had... I thought it was a fair audit, actually, but... I didn't add that. I didn't add that. No, no, David. Davo. Davo. Gallo. Gallo. Give us a call, will you? Explain to me how. The FFA FFA will. The FFA will do what most governments and most organisations do across the world when they've got something wrong. They'll just refuse to comment. There is a very good reason. I don't know it. But there is a very good reason. No, there is no good reason. There must be. Even if there's a good reason. No, Moomba. Moomba. Donald Trump. Donald Long Trump weekend. tweeted about the split round. He was so unhappy. <laughs> he, he tweeted about it. Well, I'd be saying normally that Melbourne City take on Newcastle Jets tomorrow, yeah. but it's actually next Saturday night, and there'll be a final whistle next Saturday night. Is that our last one? For Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, I think Our last is. Saturday yeah. night. So what it's do we like do to New celebrate? Year's Eve. What do we do to it's celebrate like a New Year's We'll go to a disco. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call tonight on the, what is the hotline? Vinny? It was the uh, Potent Prongs hotline, mm. and uh, yeah. it's going well. I've still got uh, I've still got some FFE stuff to give away yeah. too, so I'll give you either a VIP season pass um, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business, or a very special one here as well. That's very special as well. But uh, um, going to one of the FFE Community and Business luncheons yes. as well, which is on Friday, March the thirty first, which is always fantastic. Well, they say the prawn cocktails fantastic. Is, I've Carlos. never been yeah. Rodrigo, but what can people expect if they're happy to pick up? Scotty picked up a ticket tonight. Yeah, he did. He wanted to come with me, but you I'm not going to be in the country. Yeah. No, I can't Carlos go. will be there. I, yeah, so what I are you? What there. are you expecting? Tell us what you get. Well, and what do you expect? Well, to it's, get? it's one. Of, it's a fantastic night. George Danikian is the host. 
Yeah. Uh, there's over 400 people that will go to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in a networking opportunity, fantastic Rodrigo. Fantastic networking yeah. opportunity. Thanks for that, Warren. No worries. Um, you know, businesses talking to other businesses, other interested parties in the game, stakeholders we call them. Yep. The clubs are there. The media is there. Um, businesses that have already invested. High profile and are people hoping like to yourself. Invest. Absolutely. Um, Archie Thompson's going to be there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Other, uh, George Neekin, I know as Archie, I said, but is... I, I, see him, I talk to him in the supermarket. I don't need to go to oh, the no, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Good. He'll say, good day, Rodrigo. Here you go. No worries. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, David Vudovic is there all the time. David um, Last year, Harry Kuehl was a special guest. Yep. Um, you know, and the food, Rodrigo, outstanding. Oh, the food isn't is outstanding. outstanding. The tuna mornay is sensational. <laughs> so uh, you know, and the, and the um, best on plumbing. Yeah. if they went to these things, Mario goes to Mario absolutely, and he yeah. picks up a few apprentice plumbers. And Dom oh, I'm glad you said networking. that. <laughs> and Dom at Talk rocks up too. He so does. They, does. They all turn up. He does. So he ends up. In fact, doing... you know, you know why they schedule on the thirty first? Mm-hmm. They knew you were going to be out of town. Okay. <laughs> I'm just surprised and, I've never gone. And there's ho- the hoi polloi of <laughs> Melbourne, the Melbourne community. Yeah. The paparazzi well, of the, the FFA. There's paparazzi. There's, the there's photographers and, and, yeah. and, and videographers. But uh, no, the hoi polloi, I'm talking about, you know, people in very high places within the community of Victoria. There's lots of, um, you know, John Erin, who's the Minister yeah. of oh, Sport. Yeah. He yep. goes a lot. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're all there. So it's a wonderful, wonderful So that's why afternoon. you and... Carlos go basically. Well, that's why. Yeah, the circles that you move. Well, in. I personally went to every one of them last year, and yep. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Very and, good. And that's a great initiative that uh, the FFV have put together with uh, Kim Ontaliadoris and, of course, uh, Anthony Grimmer, who, um, you know, it's his what's his brainchild. Does he, a he's made it job happen too. Yeah, so um, does give a, us a great call. job. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen, and uh, we might. Uh, are they might, more uh, give you a ticket to come with the Diego's. The other thing I, you know, I'm interested to, to hear from uh, Victory fans. Do you think that it would have been a different game if uh, we, they'd copped a couple of penalties? Because there were some it would have been. legitimate calls for penalties. The um, the honeymoon hold by Valeri yeah. on uh, Keo, <laughs> for example, and then um, Ansel on Castro. Castro. Ansel on Castro. I'm always trying to find a way to get Victory beat, but the only thing that would have changed. They would have won five three instead of four one. <laughs> I think that's yeah. that's what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, they're a they're a very 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 good team, and I can say magnanimously and and putting on my you know my professional radio commentator football pundit hat. I actually, it would be a great grand final if Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory play on a good pitch, mm. and that's a that's a big that's, that's a big if. It's a big if oh, you in mean Sydney because right. you assume well Sydney are going to host it if they make it. That's a huge, a huge no, I'm, I'm issue. Gonna, I'm going to make a, a call here. Mm. Even on a good pitch, this Melbourne Victory side at their best cannot beat Sydney at their best. There you go. I, they I, can't beat them I at believe best. you. I think you're right. I think you're right, but it still would be a good spectacle. It uh, could be the best ever grand final in terms of the ability and the talent that's. Both teams have got because normally, I mean, in this season, there's going to be a standout team in terms of points if Sydney make the grand final. They're going to, I'm not sure what the greatest margin between first and second is, but it's going to be somewhere in that 10 to 12 point range, you would imagine, which is four games. I mean, it's a huge margin, but I think everyone knows that if both teams turn up, um, it's going to be a really, a really great spectacle. And if we've got the likes of Bobo and and um, the other Sydney players up against Minkovic yeah, and uh, Holoska. I, yeah, I, but I, it's really weird. I think in those one-off games in the final series, the way we run it here in Australia, I think 
Melbourne City in the strangest way. Don't ask me to explain this. I think they're a better proposition to beat Sydney Gee. in a one-off than Melbourne Victory are. I don't know. I just I, I, look. City have already it's a done. Gut it. Feel have you? Yeah. It's, I just think they've got the players to do it, and you need. I mean, Victory you saw tonight at their best. Their movement. You know what I loved about Victory tonight? I mean, Perth usually come to Melbourne and they set up their block, and there's very they little room tonight. Yeah, they, there's very very little room between the lines, and they're very good with uh, with Griffiths in there and and Williams and and guys in the middle of the park to kick the to really squeeze up the opposition and not give them much room and force them wide. But tonight, the penetrating balls from behind from Ansel, from Barrow, from Villeri was hitting were hitting. Troisi in in the you know mm. right in the middle of the ground they they didn't have to go wide every time and uh, suddenly from there they he started you know spraying it wide to Rojas or Barisha they were going through the, the middle quite you know will tonight at mm. different times and that was all because of the work rate uh, the speed the, mo- the mobility of the front half of victory and uh, and so I've never seen a team do that to Perth in Melbourne usually Perth are very very good at that so for them to to open them up like that. There was either something going on wrong in uh, in Perth's midfield, or Victory were you know really conscious of that and they really made sure that they got in between the lines and received the ball. But I still reckon, even at their best, they can't beat Sydney at their best. But City, with their players at their best, I think they can beat City at their best. Sydney, Sydney, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. On Wednesday night, I had the ice oh. pack on the cosmetic surgery, um, <laughs> but. Did you mention, and I know this is a final whistle, so it's it's short. Sure. Fernando Brandan doing his yeah, ACL. Well, we didn't and talk about it. We didnn't talk about it, but that's a blow. That's a it huge is a big blow. blow. And it that's probably blow. the reason why they won't beat Sydney in the one-off, because I think a player like They him, lack X-factor a little yeah, bit now. Yeah, he, he is a guy that can, ultra competitor uh, who you know, rolls, yeah, rolls up. Opposition. He rolls a lot, Carlos. Yeah, no, but he, but he rolls up <laughs> he the opposition with his oh, antics. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. with his antics and so forth. And uh, but I think that's a huge play. I think that'll cost them. Um, that'll cost them probably a finals win. I think uh, Warren, okay. even though he hasn't been a regular since he was. Uh, well, they finished off. third. They get a home final. Yeah, so I'm hoping that's they a get huge that loss for them. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Wes is in Sunbury. G'day, Wes, and welcome to the final whistle. Hey, hi, fellas. Yeah, very well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about the crowds and sort of just about the A-League in general because I think it's sort of like a, it is a critical time with the expansion talk and stuff like that. And I think, um, you know, I think a, like a collective breath needs to be taken by by everyone because if they get it wrong, it, it could set things back a long time, you know. Like, um, personally, I think... The time has come for the A-League to get away from Eddie Head. I, I, I've never seen a game um, at Amy myself because I, I go with a friend who is a victory supporter. I've probably I've only been about eight times in four or five years. And it's always been at Amy and I'm busting to go... Uh, sorry, it's always been at Eddie Head and I'm busting to go to Amy. And I just think the time's come to... To make a differentiation, you know what I mean? Like shorten the league, uh, shorten the time, so it doesn't run 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 over into the um, AFL period. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of really crucial decisions for the competition now because it's like ten years old. It's, it's not a baby anymore. It's, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think you make some good points, Wes, and I think the um, playing at Amy is a really important one. I will 
be I will disagree with you on one point. If this competition is ever going to be respected, it needs to not shy away from competing against the other codes. It needs to take the other codes on. We already have the longest off-season in world football. If we're going to shorten the A-League just so it doesn't clash with the AFL on one side or the other side or the other football codes, I think that's the wrong thing to do. We've got to... We've actually got to expand the competition and then probably end up having somewhere around a 30 or 32 game season around there, which has us either starting earlier and finishing later and competing against these other competitions. I think the standalone venues are really significant. And I think particularly in the northern states for me, I think we need to find a place that can be, you know, football's own and be and, and I think... Amy's that, but there needs to be somewhere in Sydney, and maybe Parramatta build, yeah, becomes yeah, that they're building, stadium. They're building, aren't they doing something at Moore Park too? They're, yes, they're think, re- completely knocking down the yeah. Sydney football so stadium and we're going to have some. But I mean, the earliest they're renovating you, it actually. Yeah. yeah, the earliest you can have the Parramatta one is in 2019. Yep. Uh, but we do need another one in Melbourne. I reckon. Mm. I reckon we need another 20,000 seater somewhere in Melbourne. And, uh, and that's purely football, not rugby, just purely football. And that then gives you the option to either go to a, which I always thought the bubble stadium was too small anyway, but I, that, I would have liked that to mm. have been a 40,000-seater. Uh, but, uh, you know, they say it's 31, but really with, you know, you know, it tends to be 28 or something, doesn't but, it, when it's full? I, I, and, and then a, a 20,000-seater 20, somewhere, maybe in, in the west side of Melbourne somewhere, yeah. and uh, and just in a city, you know, uh, sort of in a suburbs in, in the west, maybe in that Geelong corridor or something like that might be good. Um, I know people out with Casey will probably argue that they've got space for something over there, but all I'm saying is somewhere that, that's not too far away from the city for people to get to. Um, but we need to start looking at that because I think that's the other thing we're missing completely. Just our own facility where we can have the flexibility and not have to use Etihad. And, and maybe, uh, Wes, with your point about Etihad, maybe it'll be taken out of our hands anyway with the AFL owning it. They'll look at they'll relook at contracts and things like that, and and they might they might turn around and make it too difficult for football work uh, to play there anyway. And I, I've never been a fan of Etihad. I don't like going there, not only for uh, for, for Football, soccer, but also for AFL. Don't like going there oh, at right. all. Okay. Yeah. One of the most appealing things I, th- I, I suspect about the South Melbourne bid is uh, the location of Bob Jane Stadium. I think that the fact that it's so close, it is in the city, makes it a winning, a yeah, win, a winning place to the, play football. When was the last time you were there, Vinny? I, I, I'm not a fan of the, the running track. I don't. I don't think it's. It's an. I don't think it's an impressive stadium. Without the running track, it's perfect size. But if South get in. Because they fulfil the criteria, they'll be, I, be playing I, at Amy. Exactly for sure. right. That's what I'm thinking. Another a second, a second stadium will solve that problem uh, of you know if we have four, t- three or four teams in Melbourne. Eventually, you can just play it out of those two stadiums. Mm. But I don't think Bob James, as much as they they do talk about how great it is, this and that, it's not a for me. It's not an A League uh, ground for viewing or even the way it looks. Hey, Wes, are you still there? Ah, oh, Wes is gone. Wes is gone. But I will say... can't come to lunch with us, unfortunately. (laughs) I will say to Wes, it may be prudentially correct to not expand now in terms of, you know, the finances of the the game and stuff. But at the point that it comes, the A-League has to be bold around not saying we're going to play a limited season that's not going to interfere with the other codes. They've got to actually 
go yeah. after it and then and be competitive and see what the two new teams bring in terms of rivalries, extra support and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know. The interesting thing for me, Carlos, I don't know what you think. When we do get to a 30-team competition... 30-team? 30, 30, 30, yeah. 30 rounds or so with two extra teams. It'll be interesting how they do the season, whether they're starting it earlier, you know, and that means it's probably going to need to start smack bang in the time around finals in the other football codes or whether they go longer at the other end of the season and have the finals later later on. But the other thing they've got to cater for, and they will eventually, because every meaningful change we've had in the game has been long overdue. Do you agree? I mean, oh, they, yeah, yeah. never have they done something when they really should have. And so it is always delayed. It's always a bit later on. But one thing they've got to do, hopefully, is also incorporate international weekends. Like yeah, we have yeah, an international yeah. round where, where the players are off playing for different countries. I mean, really, Wellington, as much as I don't like Wellington, I mean, they've lost up to, what, nine players yeah. at the one time? They might so, as well be playing us, Carlos, uh, it, really. It's just, it's a, just a joke. And I don't know why we just don't look at what's common sense with these things. Start incorporating international weekends into your, into your fixtures. Uh, start, you know, looking at teams who are before, uh, playing in the ACL. Start looking after them. Give them an extra day to recover. Do, you know, take into consideration their travel, all that sort of stuff. And I believe after a lot of complaints, after a long time, they're at least looking at that down the track. Uh, start looking at these common sense things. And we're not talking about something that is going to damage the game. We're not talking about something that's going to cost the game money. It's going to enhance It's the just got to – it's common sense. Yep. And if you're bloody-minded, and I hope that the FFA aren't bloody-minded about these things, uh, all it does is gets people's backs up. And that's where I, you know, I'd like to. Have we got time before we go to a break, Rogers? Or not, not before we go to a break, but uh, maybe after the break, okay. Carlos. I want yeah. to talk about, um, you know, there's obviously talk about NPL clubs coming together and forming an association because they want to say we've had the A League clubs come together and they're putting pressure Don't on the bite FFA. The hand that feeds you. The PFA, the women. I want to talk about what the best solution is for everyone going forward when it comes to setting a timeline of when things should get done. All right, let's talk about that after the break here on the 4 Diego's Final Whistle, 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Final Whistle. It is uh, Saturday Night Fever, of course. We've got another Saturday Night Fever next week yes. as well. Diana so Ross. Last one for the Diana season. Diana Ross, is it? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, it's a very familiar sound of Diana Ross. She can go, uh, she goes okay. <laughs> Does she? <laughs> Ever meant, since he's had his plastic surgery, yes, she um, sings beautifully. She Diana does. Ross. Is she still alive? In fact, be. in fact, he looks like Diana Ross with his plastic <laughs> and now surgery. Now I do. <laughs> Can you actually? I'm not. Is she still with us, Diana Ross? Oh, that's a very good question. Google. I, I think she Pedro, is. Did you get is. the research department? I, no, yeah, I think she is. I wouldn't yeah. like to have wished her, you know. Yeah. An early departure. No, she is. It's confirmed. She is. Yeah. She is with us? No, she is. How old? Donna, uh, Donna, Donna Summer, Summer passed us, away yeah. recently. Hot stuff. She's 72 years old, 73. Yeah. Um, but, you know, your type. Yeah. Warren, <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Is that cougarish? <laughs> is, is she um, a cougar? <laughs> Rodrigo? That's well and truly cougared. Uh, <laughs> you talk about cougar. I know it's a bit of an in-joke, and our listeners will be very... Oh. It reminds me of oh. South Africa World Cup. <laughs> 
and Warren on the first night dancing. Oh, yes. Dancing yes. away with the cougar. On the dance floor. <laughs> at the dance floor. Hey, um, I want to get into just, your... I want to get that's into, just wrong on <laughs> so many... Can you discipline him? Because that's wrong on want, so many levels. I want to get into the discussion that you, yes. Uh, yes. you talked about before, Carlos. But Tom in Greenvale yes. has called us uh, on the show. G'day, Tom. Tommy. Evening, Disco Diego. Anyway, yes. Tommy. Thanks for your uh, text messages as well tonight, uh, Tom. No, more than welcome. Uh, first of all, uh, Warren, I hope everything's going all right with your uh, <laughs> the surgery you had last week. Yes, it is. Um, they call it enhancement, <laughs> Tom. And, and uh, Warren, I think uh, Carlos was in the room beside you because he's had his Melbourne Victory hat removed, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that was actually... I was. I witnessed that. That's you, you, know what, you know what I call that, Tom? You know what I call that, Tom? Objectivity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was... No, objectivity, anyway. Tom. Okay. All right. No, that's really good. And uh, it was good to hear that you've uh, brought up the Melbourne City fact that uh, we probably are the only team that have got it uh, matched against uh, Sydney, Sydney FC, and that's happened three times this season. So mm-hmm. I think you've uh, pointed that out well tonight, Carl, so I'm commending you for it. Very good. Well, wow. Objectivity, Go, Tom. Carlos, you're going to win the prize. <laughs> Why not, I Tom? Should win the, I think Carl should win the prize. No, hey. no, 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 Tom, I think you should win the prize because you're very attuned to what, you know, good media is all about. <laughs> hey, Tom, are yeah. you uh, available on Friday, March the 31st at midday for a, a wonderful FFE Community and Business Luncheon? Always available for Well, people. mate, um, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria, um, we are going to give you the opportunity to come to Community and Business Luncheon, which is fantastic. We've talked about it a lot before. Um, so stay on the line, mate, and we will give you, uh, we'll give you those tickets. You'll be able to, to sit down with Carlos, FFE. you know, share a beverage, yes. and, you know, a, a, com, a conversation. Yep. There's more tickets available for this as well, communityandbusiness.com.au, or you can go directly to Anthony Grimmer from FFE to check it out. So thanks for that, Tom. Really appreciate that. Look forward to seeing you on March Did the 31st. Did Tom say what he wanted to say? He did. He yeah, did. he did. He wanted to commend. Uh, wanted to. Oh, it was just say a, a commendation. Well wishes, and uh, Carlos had something nice to say about Melbourne. And that was City. genuine. His well wish, unlike a lot of other bits of feedback. That's that was genuine. I thought he was prefacing. He, what wanted, he wanted to, to say. talk about Carlos's lobotomy. You know, <laughs> where he became. Oh, sorry, that was a, that was an objectivity. Mm procedure that he had by getting rid of his Melbourne victory hat and everyone hey the one thing Carlos the more you try to pretend that you're objective the more the facade becomes so much more obvious we all know you I mean we all know that you support Melbourne victory we all everyone does everyone does anyway this facade that you have and Rodrigo you do too and Vinny (laughs) does but that's all right Oh, that's I like right. seeing Melbourne because victory that's about win. the crowd proportions. I'm, I'm very, very happy three with three Melbourne, Melbourne victory vi- fans as one Melbourne oh, City you fan. Just, you just want to be the odd man out here. You just want to be the. That's been provocative. Trying to be provocative well, about the stuff he just said about well, what anyway, happened in South Africa. He's actually, he's actually taken advantage of the fact he's really on his. They've wheeled him in on a bed. <laughs> no, oh, I know. I only came because you know, he's got his own nurse. He's sitting on a cushion. Yeah. Yep. He's got Coca Cola in his drip. That's right. You know. Um, anyway, Carlos, you, you wanted uh, yes. to talk about just, it's just the game yes. in general and how it's yeah. going, the FFA, what's happening with um, you know, the some NBL of the NPL clubs, clubs yeah. in Victoria. Well, obviously the FFA are under the pump at the moment. They're, mm. they're being targeted. Uh, David Davidovich from the Herald Sun has been writing a lot of articles about uh, uh, the ineptitude of the FFA. Uh, the last article was uh, the lack of football experience on the board. And you'll, you know, at my town hall meetings with board members, which I've had this week, mm. uh, they <laughs> refute that. 
You look they proud as you say that. Yeah, yeah, they refute it. <laughs> I've pumped up the chest. <laughs> yeah, but they refute that there's a lack of uh, football experience on there. But, you know, there's obviously it's growing discontent. Uh, we've obviously got the A-League clubs who form their own little group that put a bit of a power lobby to put pressure on the FFA. And, and of course, PFA are getting in their ear and the women's and I think the referee. Everyone wants a bit of a say these days. But more recently, it's been the uh, the NPL clubs apparently getting together in this last week they met and now they want to organise themselves. Was it a, a secret meeting, Carlos? Well, it wasn't secret enough for people to know it was at Heidelberg. Well, Michael Lynch wrote about them as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah. So I don't think it was that secret and I think uh, they're, they're really getting together to try and, you know, at least make some have some influence with the voting and, and some say in how the games run. But I think they're, what would appease a lot of people, I know Gallo is listening to us right now, Davo? <laughs> Dave O'Gallo, okay? The way you appease all these spot fires all around you is set up. The, the issues for me are firstly uh, the ownership structure of the A-League and, and governance of that A-League. So sort that out, which they're doing right now. Do you right think now. he doesn't know what the issues are? Well, the thing is, <laughs> he might know, but I'm giving him a solution to appease people. Yeah, but this is the problem, Carlos. Carlos is a peacemaker, Warren. Yeah. He's a peacemaker. Just let me finish, okay, and then you so, can say whatever you want. So firstly, the, the ownership. The yep. Yeah. The independent nature of the A-League and the ownership of the, of, of the clubs and what they, you know, how they can get a bit more autonomy on how to run the, the league. That's number one. Number two. Number two is second division, mm-hmm. right? Number three is promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. So before, sorry, before second division, it's, it's expansion. Expansion, okay. second division, promotion, relegation. All they need to do, and do it on Monday, please, Dave O'Gallo, okay? <laughs> and, and your mates over there at the FFA. Come out with a timeline and say, okay, in two years' time, we're going to either accept applications for uh, expansion, for teams to you know, make a bid to enter the uh, A-League, um, and then put a timeline in when they're going to pick those teams to play in the league. Secondly, have another timeline for when you're proposing applications for a second division. So just say... Two years' time, we're going to accept two more teams into the competition. In five years' time, we're going to accept applications to a professional second division. I know you're just picking these time frames out. Yeah, yeah, I'm just picking them out. I'm just picking them out. Because I can't imagine the industry being that patient, you know, five years' time for a second division. I'll tell you, Rod, having spoken Mm -hmm. to clubs... This week, in my town hall meetings, I'm pumping my chest out. Now he's pointing at me. How many clubs were at this town hall meeting? Uh, The Heidelberg one. Mm. No, Uh, how many clubs were at your town hall meeting? No, I spoke individually to clubs. So what did they say? They said that they would be more than happy, because they know that they're not going to be ready in 12 months. No, to to go from or, or two years to mm. come from you know a one full time person working at a, an NPL club to fifty because that's what you're going to need right they're saying if they knew that they had five years to get the act together and they put a bid in they would they would relish that okay and then within ten years you have promotion relegation what we're saying what we're giving people is certainty mm. about planning about investment these you know what's happening with clubs at the NPL level they're probably spending more money on their players on their week to week wages and players rather than the facility but if they knew in five years time that they need to have a facility they need to have you know academies they need to have all this sort of stuff set up for their application suddenly they could start investing right now and they can start getting investors investing in their in their club and, and building something over five years and I think NPL clubs would relish that. 
five years for application for a professional second division and 10 years or eight years for promotion relegation. Mm. People know what the timelines are and it would just appease everyone. Carlson, Do it, FFA. What happens if on Monday the FFA get together and they just say, let's uh, have a, agree to have a timeline in two years? <laughs> well, that's what it feels like let's has put been the timeline happening. on the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're asking for trouble if they do yeah, that. Yeah, but that's a, that, a lot of people are feeling that that's all that's happening. You know, but that's the problem. So that's, that's, that's the problem. There's, there's no certainty in planning. Mm. We're, the FFA are almost treating the football family, the different layers of the football family, with a bit of contempt here. Right. Firstly, it was the owners, but the owners now are getting a, a say, and they'll get some autonomy around the A League. I don't know what it is, where they get full control of it, or some of it, or whatever it may be. But the second division issue—that's the thing. There's no reason why we can't have ten teams from around Australia playing in a fully professional no. second oh. division. There is enough money out there. There are enough clubs that can do it. There's no reason why they can't do it. It's a very interesting topic, and one night we should dedicate. You know, maybe one of our Wednesday night shows to it. Get get a couple of uh, maybe yeah. we can do an outside broadcast at one of Carlos's <laughs> town hall meetings. That's possibly. it. Hey, Warren, you know what? That's it for this week's show. So, hey, Melbourne victory defeated Perth Glory tonight. Uh, Diego Castro scoring in the fifth minute uh, for Perth. Barisha in the twenty third. Ben Calfalar forty second. Rojas in the forty eighth. And Troisi in the 74th at Amy Park in front of 16,814 people. Thanks for your calls and your text messages. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diegos. Olay! Olay!